there are going to be listeners of yours who hear this and say, you know, this sounds like this is going to be great, da, 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 and they just want to go for it. I'm Becca Poutney, wedding business marketing expert, speaker, and blogger, and you're listening to the Wedding Pros Who Are Ready to Grow podcast. I'm here to share with you actionable tips, strategies, and real-life examples to help you take your wedding business to the next level. If you are an ambitious wedding business owner that wants to take your passion and use it to build a profitable, sustainable business doing what you love, then you're in the right place. Let's get going with today's episode. Before we get going with today's episode, I want to let you know about something brand new that I've created called the Wedding Pro Agency. I don't know about you, but life as a solo business owner can be so busy and you just don't have the time to do all of the things. Well, I'm a big fan of outsourcing the tasks that you don't necessarily need to do yourself. And that is why I created the Wedding Pro Agency. With the Wedding Pro Agency, you can hand off some of your tasks to my team and we will do it for you for a really affordable rate. From managing your social media posts through to your Pinterest management and even one-off tasks like creating you a mailing list or creating you a lead magnet or something like that that you can use for a wedding fair or exhibition. If there's something you need a little bit of extra help with in your wedding business, reach out to me and let me know. You can find us at weddingproagency.co.uk or just reach out directly to me at Becca Poutney on Instagram. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Today, I'm chatting with Megan Ely founder of OFD Consulting, a PR and marketing firm that works exclusively with the wedding industry. Using her own experience working in weddings, she's passionate about getting her clients in front of new audiences through PR and marketing strategies. I first came across Megan on Clubhouse back when that was a thing, and I'm thrilled to welcome her to the podcast today. Megan, it's great to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And do you remember when Clubhouse was a thing? I remember those days. So I love that you brought that up. (laughs) I loved Clubhouse, even though it was only a small moment of time. I made so many connections and got to know people all around the world that I'm really thankful for. Absolutely. Well, it's great to have you here. Why don't you start by telling people where you're based and what you do? Absolutely. So I'm based in the U.S. I'm on the East Coast in Virginia, specifically Richmond, Virginia. But, you know, we really work with people all over domestically here in the States, as well as abroad as well here into working with wedding pros and have been doing that for about 14 years. Incredible. Have you ever been to the UK? Oh, yes. I was there a few weeks ago. I was there for an event and I made a long weekend out of it and just had a spectacular time and plan on, I was. I mean, at that point I was in London for the most part, ready to send for my family to come over with me. And so it was a spectacular time and looking forward to doing that again soon. Incredible. Well, if you come back to England, as I always say to my guests, make sure you let me know and we can go for a drink. Yes, I would love that. (laughs) We can have a lovely drink in London. Okay, so I explained in the intro a little bit about what you do, but I know for some of the listeners, they won't really understand what that means. So can you explain in really simple language what on earth PR and marketing is for the wedding industry and why they should be interested? Absolutely. You know, it took me a long time to, funny enough, being a communicator, to be able to communicate what I do. And I finally landed on, you and I both, we talked offline that we have children of the same age. And so you'll appreciate this. I was during my son's kindergarten year, I went to career day and I had to explain what I do. And I blurted out, well, you know, we work with wedding pros. They got that. And I said, we see the best in people and we make sure everybody else knows about it. And I was like, oh, I landed on something. I'm going to explain it like that for the rest of my life. But essentially we work with people to get them published. We take the best parts of what they're doing in their brand. That could be their beautiful work. That could be their expertise 
that could be their ability to have these great conversations with podcast hosts. And we're the ones who spread the word. We're the one, you know, holding the megaphone for them to get the word out. And so, you know, that manifests in a few different ways. It could be from having gorgeous events that we take and we submit to blogs and publications. That could be you know, they'd be fantastic on a podcast and we'll go ahead and, you know, review the podcast and then pitch some ideas on behalf of the client. That could also mean working with journalists who say, what are the next trends? What, you know, how are people saving money right now? So and so forth and bringing my clients in to be able to provide that sort of guidance. And so that, that's, pretty much what we do. And we find that the people who benefit from that, there's a few different folks. It could be those who, you know, frankly, they're at nearly the top of their game, but they find themselves competing with people, not on price, but maybe expertise. Like what are those extra things that discerning couples are looking for? But it's also from, if I can be a geek for a second, it would be from the SEO standpoint as well. I want links back to my site. I want more websites linking back to me. And I know there's a lot of power with that. And I think overall, just people who, you know, statistically, it shows that couples all over the world will in part find their wedding pro team through real wedding features. And that's going to be more the your audience who are the photographers, venues, designers, planners, they will particularly benefit from having their events out and about. That's a really helpful explanation. I love that you decided on your explanation based on talking to children. That is such a good tip. Well, it just finally helped because how many times have I explained this? And I'll take five minutes and then someone at the end will say, so you're a wedding planner, right? And I'm like, I don't what did I just do with these last five minutes? What did I, where did I go wrong? And so that really uh, inspired that definition. (laughs) So for anyone listening, if you can't explain to your kids or kids that you know what you do, then you need to go back and simplify it. If you ask my kids what I do, which is hilarious, they always say, mommy just spends all her time making videos to help wedding businesses be better. (laughs) I think that's a wonderful definition. I think that's great. Maybe I should hire them to go ahead and work on some sort of taglines for me. (laughs) Yeah, I think a six and a nine-year-old could come up with some really good business taglines because they say it as it is, right? Yeah, they do. (laughs) Love that. Okay, so my wedding pros, I know they're super busy and they are so heads down in weddings. So why should PR matter to them and what kind of return are they going to see from that? Uh, that's a great, and that's kind of a difficult question to be, you know, honest with that. So why, let's start with why it matters to them. So again, it goes back to some of the statistics that say, Splendid Insights in particular, that couples will in part find their wedding pro team through real wedding features, but also through Google rankings, also through referrals. So PR helps tie that all together. It provides the features that couples are looking at. It provides the backlinks for SEO to help you in part get to the top of Google, but it also keeps your your fellow wedding pros happy. I have wedding photographers in particular who work for work with me, right? To get their weddings featured. And their big thing is I want to keep the planners happy. I want to keep the venues happy for the referrals. So it all goes back to kind of you know the lead generation for the couples as well. So that's part of it. There's also some who are ready to explore and diversify. Maybe they've done weddings 10, 15, 20 years. There's you and I both agreed there's a physicality to it, there's going to be a point where they maybe don't want to spend every weekend doing events. And so how can I diversify, be seen as an expert and go out there and make money different ways in an industry that I love so much? So that's, I've seen that, you know, I've seen that journey for people as well. And it's been very satisfying to see people go in, go in that direction. And then when you talk about ROI, 
Boy, is that hard because I always say public relations is not a vending machine. You don't put in a quote from the New York Times and suddenly you get 800 new leads coming in. I, and maybe that makes me a bad salesman, but that makes me very honest about what PR can do for you. So instead, what it does is uh, when I find it comes to ROI, it's how much traffic does it send back to your site? How much traffic does it send to your social media profiles? You know, if you get featured in Martha Stewart Brides, all these places, you know, if they go ahead and feature it as well, like how much traffic is that sending? And then what do you do with that traffic once it gets there, right? Like we can lead. The PR will lead people to your website. It will lead people to your social media, but then the ROI really does rest in the ability to convert that into business as well. Um, I would also say from an ROI standpoint, for those looking on the SEO side, what's the value of the links coming in as well? So it really just depends. I mean, anyone who comes in the door, we have a whole guide on ROI for PR and we tell them, please ask every single human being who comes in through your door, how did you hear about you? Please make sure you have analytics on the back end of your site. So if you get featured on a beautiful blog, you can see how much traffic it sends you. But I don't know if that helps a little bit. It's always a very, it's a great question to ask. It's complicated to answer. Oh, I think it's really important to be honest about it. And presumably yes. as well, it builds a trust factor for clients. Yes, absolutely. We call it social proof. So the idea of, you know, someone comes to your site and let's say they are comparing one planner to another planner. And they look at the two and, you know, it's very similar, great look, great portfolio testimonials, but then one has that coveted as seen in. And then you put all these different media outlets. Suddenly this person has this discerning quality of I'm an expert. The media trusts me. I'm sort of guiding light in the industry to help through crises and of course, pandemic and economic problems and things like that. There is something to that social proof. I always say, and I have borrowed this quote, I want to say first and foremost, that PR is when someone else says that you're great. Advertising is when I say I'm great. PR is when somebody else says I'm great. And this generation coming in, they're all about reviews. They're all about third-party credibility. You can't buy anything on Amazon without um, I mean, you could buy a straw on Amazon and there's 800 reviews about it. And that's the generation that we're we're selling to. That is really, really true. Okay, so if someone's mm -hmm. listening to this, they're thinking, Megan, this sounds great. I definitely want to get my stuff featured in some press or on some blogs. Like practically, where do they even get started with that? Well, first, don't get overwhelmed. Like, isn't that easier said than done as someone who's been doing it 14 years? Don't get overwhelmed. I would say first and foremost, you've got to set goals. You have now you probably have business goals. Don't get me wrong, but you've got to connect them to the PR goals. Why do I want to do this in the first place? Because there are going to be listeners of yours who hear this and say, you know, this sounds like this is going to be great, da 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 da, and they just want to go for it. But I'd love, I mean, I know I don't know your listeners, but none of us have unlimited time or money to just throw things out there to see what works, right? And so what they want to do is really look at their business goals. What am I hoping to achieve? Where do I want to be in one year, five years? And how does PR connect to that? And, you know, I always say it's not a very sexy formula, but great PR to get you started is when you have a message. So you have to figure out what that message is. I'm the best destination venue in this region, for example. You want to get it out to a particular audience. You have to figure out who that, that's step two. Who's that audience? Is it couples, which it typically is, but some people, I know a lot of stationary people who really sell to the planner. They want the planners to refer business to them, right? And so who's that audience 
and where where do they consume the media? That's what I need to know. So you kind of start with more bigger picture thinking. I wish I could say, oh, you just write your favorite magazine and go from there. But the planning is worth the time. So you start there. If you're someone who is interested in getting your events featured, you need to take a good hard look at the events you've done in the last, I'd say, six months or so, and ask yourself which ones were shot well and really had details that were unusual in a, in a good way, something that people haven't seen, because those are going to be the most strong to start with. And really just start taking in the media. Get an idea like, see, why am I doing this? What do I have to leverage? And then start taking in the media. Take baby steps to go ahead and read the blogs, read the sites, the places that you admire the places where listen to the podcast, right? Get to know, like I was going to say back, you know, I pitched to you. I listened to your episodes. I went through your episodes before I pitched to you because it, it just wouldn't have made sense if I just threw myself at you and said, so what do you say? You know, we should have more value than that. So start with looking internally, paying attention to the media that's in front of you to decide what your next moves are. I think that's a really important step that so many people forget mm-hmm. and just become totally overwhelmed because they don't know where to start. So once they've identified the place where they want to pitch to you and yep. they've identified what they want to pitch, like now what? How do they go where about Where do we go it? from here? Yeah, absolutely. We'll go two different ways if you don't mind. I'm going to answer this a couple different ways. If you have an audience, which some people will, they'll say, you know, I want to get my weddings to these particular outlets. That's the PR I want to do, which is what a lot of people start with because they already have the great content. What they're going to do, again, is take some time to look at that blogger publication. Go ahead and buy it. Go ahead and read it. Go ahead and, you know, take a look at their content. Then you're going to go to their submissions page. Everybody has one. I need to fight me on it if they don't. Everybody has one. And it's a submission page that really digs into, hey, do you have a beautiful wedding you want to share with us? Here are the steps to do that. And you're going to follow it like a checklist. It's going to say, I need 60 images, 100 images. I want this size. I need this pertinent information about the day. Just go ahead and go through that list. And from there, you're ready to send in. And it's as easy and as hard as that. But you don't get anywhere unless you try, right? So that that's step one. Now, if you've got other parts of your audience as well, that's not my thing, right? Stationery, cake, rentals, those guys don't benefit from those features. What you're going to do, again, is consume that outlet. Maybe it's a great wedding website that quotes people often. And you think, you know, I, I have something to say. I could be great for that. What you're going to want to do is either go to their staff section. A lot of them will have a contact page with staff people or... You're going to go ahead and start reading the articles and land on the writers. You're going to see that there's going to be a list of writers somewhere and you're going to match your expertise to what they cover. So if you're in cakes, in catering, you're going to find the person who writes about food. All you're going to do, again, as easy as difficult, is start with an easy email. Introduce yourself. Hi, my name is. I've read what you've been doing on this website. I just want to introduce myself. I'd love to be considered an expert for the future. Give them a few lines about yourself boom, get out of there. That's all you have to do to get started is I admire your work talking about wedding cakes, rentals, stationery, photography. And I'd love to introduce myself as I've been doing photography for 10 years now. My specialty is X, Y, and Z. And I just wanted to say hello in case I can ever assist in the future. That is it. (laughs) You make it sound so simple. (laughs) Don't I? Don't I? But, But I've got to tell you, 
this is where I got started when all these years. So what you may not know about me, I was in events for a long time. I did. I was at venues and I did all sorts of events. And then when I had to change the conversation and really turn into this kind of wedding industry expert, everything I'm telling you, I did. I wrote all the outlets, all the people, just a simple email. And, you know, some of them will never respond. No one will ever be rude about it, but some people just won't respond. But a lot of people will say, okay, thanks. And they'll set you aside. And when they need you, they'll be in touch. I love that. And that is so true because we do go back through our emails. Now, what do you think about following up? Because I own a wedding blog myself and I'm very busy. And sometimes people pitch me and I think it's a great idea. And then two weeks later, I realize I forgot to reply. Yes. So I am not, let me just say, I'm not a very aggressive publicist. Publicists can be very aggressive. I am a rule follower and I serve two sets of people. I serve the wedding pros, but I serve the editors, the bloggers, the the podcast hosts and all those things. And so I'm very protective of their time. And if there's one thing I hear all the time, it's only follow up with purpose right? So if I am submitting to a blog and their submission page says, we will be back in touch in six weeks. What I do is we'll submit, we'll set up something for seven weeks. Notice I didn't say six because we are all human. What if six weeks lands on Christmas day? What are we going to do, right? People, but people think like that. I use an app called Boomerang app for Gmail, which is can be used globally. It also has one for Outlook, but for anyone who uses the Gmail interface, what it does is it will send an email back to me on whatever date I ask it to. So what we'll do is that's when we will follow up and say, you know, and that's with purpose because we expected a response and we didn't get one. Now, if you're just submitting, let's say, um, just yourself to someone as, hey, I'd love to help in the future, just let that lie. There's no need to come back unless you have discovered a cure for an incurable disease. That's what I tell people. Unless you've suddenly done something massively, you know, it doesn't, it's okay, let it be. So if there isn't, but when I tell people this, listen, if you write a writer and it's very well researched and there's an ask and it requires a response, remember they're human, give them time and follow up with purpose. But otherwise, no response is a response sometimes. So, but you can correct me on that because you're on the receiving end, right? So I know everybody's different when it comes to that. Yeah, I think what you're saying is really helpful. I think definitely a soft response, not a hard, like anything that's just sending me emails all of the time, I tend to block and get rid of because it drives me crazy. But equally, there is a balance where I flag things and there's things and conversations I really want to have. And then something comes into my inbox and I just totally forget about it. And in that case, sometimes the follow up is what I need to make sure it happens. It's difficult. I think, you know what, there's kind of a marker people have to think about is I always say, you know, public relations. Yes, it's the the benefit is when you know what you're doing is newsworthy, but the other side is when you understand it's not newsworthy. So if some, if you write, and by you, I mean the royal you, if you write an editor or writer and following up is in their best interest, like you, right? You and I have some great repartee back and forth. We kind of knew each other from Clubhouse. I really think this could be a fit. I'm going to follow up with you because it is like, I think you and I universally could have a good, like, I've got other people who could come on your wonderful blog, things like that. But if it's only in my best interest, I'm not going to follow up again. That's a really good marker to determine. And I get to say, as humans, we're not great at that. We think everything about ourselves is important, but you just got to 
Think beyond yourself. If it if it's to the benefit of the end receiver, then follow up. Yes. And I'm all about that in what I teach about thinking how we can serve rather than how yes. we can take. So if it's a way you can that. serve someone, then absolutely follow up on it. Okay. So people are making mistakes all of the time. I see them coming into my own inbox. One of the mistakes <laughs> I had recently is someone pitched to my blog and it was a great idea, but they pitched to my business blog instead of my wedding blog. And so therefore it made no sense because they pitched an article for brides and grooms to my business blog. And so- yeah. I went back and said, I think you pitched to the wrong blog, but you've already lost me at that point because you haven't done your research. So what other mistakes are you seeing people making when they're pitching? Well, I think you just, and I love your insight on this because I think you really speak to the number one. It is reaching out, making all about ourselves and not doing the research ahead of time. So I want to augment that by saying 100%. It is, I hear journalists, writers, bloggers, editors, what have you, lament all the time people pitch me for the wrong reasons. You know, it's like when people come to me and say, oh, do you, and they think I'm a planner. I'm like, you didn't take five seconds to see what I actually did for a living, you know? So that's number one. Number two is not following the rules. I kind of joke that this discipline's great for me because I'm such a rule follower by nature. If a wedding blog says, as you know, I need a hundred images, I need them sized like this, and I don't want watermarks on them. You send them a hundred, you size them correctly and you take the watermarks off of them. We don't deviate from the guidelines. The guidelines were put in place editorially for the right reasons, right? And so you want to make sure that you follow all the rules because there's something to be said for when you submit to somebody, when you send something in, following the rules said, I took the time to do my research. I respect your time. I respect your guidelines and workflows that work for you. And that's what people need to do. I mean, even when you and I were speaking about the podcast, it was, you know, I worked hard to make sure were there certain forms I needed to fill out what, you know what I mean? Cause we don't want to waste anybody's time. I would say accuracy also is key being mindful. I use Grammarly. I actually pay for Grammarly, but there's a great free option. I just make sure all my grammar is good to go, so and so forth. Um, I also run a plagiarism check on, even though we've been very fortunate with that, on all quotes coming in because everything, that's another mistake. Everything has to be unique. We can't borrow from ourselves. That's the thing is I think most, your audience is smart. They know, well, of course, I'm not going to like steal quotes from other people. I know that. Like we all know that, but you can't steal from yourself either. You can't pull off of your blog. You can't be quoted by this outlet and then go ahead and, and take that quote and reuse it. Everything needs to be fresh, inspiring, and accurate. So, so many great tips in there. <laughs> okay. So I know, because I know my audience well, that many of them are already going to be stuck before they take any action because of that dreaded imposter syndrome. They're going to be thinking, why does anyone care about me? Why does anyone want to hear from me? Everyone's going to ignore me. Therefore, I'm not good enough. And when I'm good enough, then I'll start pitching. Mm -hmm. What are you going to say to those people? Yeah. I would say... <laughs> Fake it till you make it. <laughs> I would say go talk to a therapist. Like it is one of these, here's the thing. One foot in front of the other. You cannot worry what other people are doing. You've got the work. You're doing the bookings. What is the worst thing that can happen by putting one foot in front of another with public relations, right? If you send out a wedding, and let's say you're very hard on yourself about it, but 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 that's just your stuff, right? You send a wedding out there to a blog and publication. The worst thing that does happens is it doesn't get picked up. 
that is fine. You've already been paid for the event. People are none the wiser. There's no some big sign that says, guess what? Megan's wedding wasn't picked up. You know what I mean? As not picked up by, you know, that doesn't happen. And so I would say that's an internal battle. I'd say stop worrying about your competitors. Easier said than done. I personally don't pay attention to my, I know what I do is a little bit different. I don't look at anybody's stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't, I have different markers for success. And that's the thing too, at the end of the day is create markers for success that have nothing to do with your competitors. That's being sustainable. That's being able to pay your bills. That's having, you know, more of the right people coming in the door. Don't worry about the rest of it. And just ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen by taking these teeny tiny steps in publicity. That's a question I say to myself all of the time. What is the worst thing that could happen? They say no, and nobody else knows about it. It's just in our own heads. None the wiser, a hundred percent. Exactly. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I want to get going with this, I'd like to have a go at pitching, but I'm feeling a bit nervous, then I always say, pitch to me. If you're in my world, pitch to me, pitch to be on Vicinity Weddings. I We are very open to helping you out. That's why I started the platform was to help the wedding pros that I work with have a starting place to get their confidence and to build. So if you're listening to this and you're looking for somewhere to pitch, pitch to me and Natalie at Vicinity Weddings. Natalie's my features editor, so she does the hard work. I'm just the beautiful face. And uh, yeah, pitch to us. And if you're unsure about it, it's a great starting place because you can pitch to us and say, I'm not sure if this is good enough. And we will help you hone that content and tell you what you need. And then you'll have the confidence to pitch to those bigger publications too. So go ahead and do that. And I think that's very generous of you. And believe me when I say it was definitely intimidating to come on here and talk PR, knowing your background in vicinity weddings as well. Can I, if I may add an extra tip to that, if you don't mind, because I think that's very generous of, of you to do. There's another also platform that's free. It's called Haro. It's help a reporter out. It is US-based, but it is global. So really people from all over. And so what happens is Monday through Friday during uh, non-holidays, of course, they won't have anything on, on Thanksgiving here in the United States, for example, but you will receive emails three times a day. And I would say if you're five hours ahead, we're looking at, you'd receive it at 10 a.m. UK time. Um, and then you'd receive it again at five and then 10 o'clock at night. So that, that last one's a little late. And it's going to be all sorts of different people who are already working on articles who are looking for sources. Now, they may not be wedding, event, hospitality specific, but I'm looking for small business owners who can talk about working from home with two kids. I'm looking for someone with chronic back pain. I mean, whatever that is. And all you do is you click on that that email address and you pitch them. So if you're looking for some more broad-based media pitching, that's a great free way to do it. Good practice makes perfect, right? Absolutely. And we just got to go for it. Just go for these things. I'm going to tell you another story about why we should let our six-year-olds run our businesses. So I saw one of those, I saw one of those things on Help a Reporter Out when it was um, the Queen's Jubilee this year. And they were looking for six-year-olds to give comments on the Queen. So I said to my six-year-old, do you fancy doing it? And so she did it. And they paid her 100 pounds, which to a six-year-old is ridiculous. So if a six-year-old can do it and get a hundred pounds, everyone listening to this, just be brave and put yourself forward. I will use that example for the rest of my life. Like I will credit you and your six-year-old to it. But because for years, I would always tell people I taught at a local university. I taught PR and the extra credit project was using Help a Reporter Out. The entire, you know, if you got picked up, you got a huge bump in your grade because it's a lot of work. 
But, and so I used to say, well, if college can do it, do it. But I mean, there's something to be said. What did your six-year-old say? Do it. Can I ask? Yes. You remember? Yes, you had to answer questions. I'll send you a link to it because it was in the national tabloid newspaper here in the UK. But she had to say what she thought about the Queen's tiara. And she said, I think it would be really heavy, probably too heavy for me to hold or something like that. It was the most basic of quotes. But they picked it up. They loved it. And she got her hundred pounds and she doesn't stop telling everyone how easy it is to earn money. I love it. (laughs) Please tell her. I will be here in Virginia telling everybody about that. So I love it. I definitely will. Okay. (laughs) Before we close, I want to ask you a few quick questions to help people get more yeses to their pitches. So how important Mm -hmm. are the images that people submit? They are as important as the content. A hundred percent. You need images that have, they're not only shot incredibly well, but they also have to really feature the right things. I mean, you know, you know this as much as I do, right? With people are looking at not only the, you know, of course the professionalism of the photos and it's going to be the details, but they have to be shot well. That means, you know, if you gravitate more towards dark and moody, that works for particular publications, but not all of them. Um, You know, you're looking at someone who can, you, I've had so many planners who have a gorgeous, indoor space for weddings, right? And it's outdoor for the ceremony and it's all shot beautifully outside. But the photographer has really just did not go to school the day they were supposed to learn how to light a ballroom. And so there's an inconsistency with the photos. That's going to be a problem. So the photos matter more than anything else, I would say, in my humble opinion for submissions. Okay. So have good images. Now, what about if people finally get a yes? So someone goes ahead and features them. How can they make the most of that feature in their marketing? I'm so glad you asked that. I actually just did a webinar on this and I spent 35 minutes. I'll keep it shorter than that, but I did 35 minutes on this. So what there's a few things to consider here. Um, First and foremost, if you can, I mean, don't get me wrong. If the news comes and it surprises you, great, come up with a plan. If you can come up with a bit of a checklist ahead of time of how can I make sure to maximize this, but that's making sure you take time to post it on your social media. That's wherever you're doing social media makes the most sense when it comes to that. You know, for us, it's going to be Instagram. I often take the photo and we'll embed it with the logo of the publication, of course, so that they can see that. So doing that, it's Insta stories. Oftentimes I've had a few people where they've been quoted in something like an article and they will do an Insta story and show everything. But what they'll do is also give additional tips that maybe didn't make the cut for the article. I think that's brilliant. That provides great content. It's that continued social proof. So social media for sure. You're going to make sure that you set up a press page on your site. Once you have three or more great press pickups, you're going to have what's called a press page where it showcases your press. So I want people thinking about doing that as well. Also on their website, as they hit these, you know, these kind of goal blogs and publications for themselves, I want to make sure, you know, your homepage has 400% more likely to have interaction if you have logos on them. That's social proof, as seen in vicinity weddings, as seen in, you know, and so and so forth. So putting that on there Um, for the largest ones, for any awards, things like that, you may want to, you know, every, I would say I'm a repeatable task kind of gal myself. So every six months revisit your press and say, should anything be added to my biography? Should anything be added to my general like introductions? From there, uh, for those who focus on email marketing, putting it into your newsletter. For those who maybe don't have a regular newsletter, that's fine. One of the most clever ways I've seen are for people to go ahead. It's one thing to say we've been published, but to actually give 
benefit to the end user. So it's a top tips for having a destination wedding in the UK. We're so thrilled that we were quoted in da, 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 da. Here's three more tips to get you started. So giving a little bit of content and linking to it as well. So it all goes to social, your website, email, making sure you get it out there. That's going to be absolutely imperative. Press only lives as long as you allow it to. So we have to remember that that's in our hands, right? That's such a great quote. And it's true. I see, again, people making this mistake that they get this huge feature or they get an opportunity to be on TV and then they're too embarrassed to talk about it. They don't want to feel like they're showing off, but actually it's really sure. important they do that, right? Well, it's a business transaction between you and your prospective audience. That That's what it is. Those in a position refer business to you. People have to understand, none of us like to go into a job interview and talk about ourselves. I think it's human nature that most of us are not going to want to do that. But in this instance, it's it's a part of our sales and marketing. I mean, if we were going to have a promotion, we're certainly going to promote it. We're certainly going to advertise it. Why wouldn't we showcase beautiful feature? And I think people have to get in the mindset too. You're showing off your work, but you're showing off the work of a big team. So it's not just you benefiting from it. It's all the other pros that could be benefiting from it as well. So sing, you're singing their praises. You're doing them a favor as much as you're doing yourself a favor. That's a great way to look at it. And we need to channel that yeah. in a six-year-old because I can tell you now, my six-year-old took that newspaper with her everywhere she went everywhere. for a week and she did not stop oh talking about it. And we can learn so I much from it. that. A paid authority on the queen of all people. I mean, that that is cause for celebration, I would say. <laughs> I love it. It's just so funny. Okay, Megan, before I let you go, I always finish my podcast with the same question, which is what is one thing you yourself wish you'd known sooner in your business? I love this question. I kind of alluded to it before, but I'm going to dig in a little bit more if I may now. Create your own markers for success. Your success doesn't look like anybody else's. And, and I'm going to speak as a publicist for a second, knowing that what I do is different. I'm more B2B, but I think people resonate from this. You know, my first three, four years, there are different markers for, of course, you know, going full-time was a marker. and But then I would look out and there's so few of us who do what I do, right? There's like eight of us in the whole world, you know? So you would kind of pay attention to some of the folks and maybe somebody else would have this dinner with a bunch of editors and bloggers. And I think, oh, I wish I was doing that. Like, why am I, and I'm so hard on myself. It's like, wait a minute. I went full-time after a year of doing this. You know, I can pay my bills. I have happy clients. I love what I do. Those should be my markers. It was a real moment for me. And I wish I told myself early on, Create your own markers, even if you have to bring people from the outside. I actually have a wonderful financial person. I have other people. To create your own markers for success, do not worry what other people are doing because their success will look different than yours. Does it make it more or less successful? I wish I had been easier on myself in those earlier years. And I, I hope other people can kind of garner that for their own companies. Absolutely. And there'll be a lot of people listening who need to heed that advice and listen to it because Good. I know they they put themselves down and they feel like they've always got to be better and actually they can have their own markers for success. Megan, it's been such a pleasure to chat with you. I could have talked to you all day about PR and we marketing. Keep going. You'll have to come back <laughs> another time. If people want to find out more about what you do, the services you offer and find out more about your webinars that you've mentioned, where can they find you? Um, you can find me over at OFD Consulting. That's pretty much will take you anywhere else. Um, that's also OFD Consulting over at Instagram as well. Those those two paths will lead you pretty much everywhere. Great. I will make sure I put all of the links in the show notes. Megan, it's been a pleasure. Come back to the UK again soon and we'll go for that drink. I look forward to it. 
I hope you enjoyed that chat with Megan as much as I did. Sometimes I meet people in this industry and instantly I know that we're going to work together again. So I'm hoping we'll get Megan back either in the members lounge or on the podcast again very soon. If you take action on anything you heard today, if you manage to get any press, publicity or features on a blog, why not let me and maybe even Megan know so that we can celebrate with you. Get in touch. You know where I am. I'll see you next week. Thank you.